Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Want to bet? Then get in on the action at Sports Interaction. The boys of summer are back on the diamond, and March Madness is on deck. Bet pregame, live and play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Head to sportsinteraction.com SDPN. Or in Ontario, download the app now using the QR code in the bottom of the screen. 19 plus, please play responsibly. Welcome back, Toronto Game Over fans. We are Game Over Toronto on this wonderful Sunday night after the Leafs defeat Seattle in Seattle, 5-1. to one. Austin Matthews with a big two-goal game. Samson of goalieing the Kraken and giving them nightmares, chasing the goalie in the second. We have a wonderful show on for you tonight. It is myself, Lauren Williamson. We have Harnish on the right-hand side of your screen. And joining us remotely is none other than the youngest person to ever join an NHL analytics department. Rachel Dory is waiting to join us. We are so excited to have her here. We're going to talk about the game. What a game, Harnish, for a Sunday night and a great start to the West Coast road trip. What do you think? Oh, definitely. I mean, first of all, welcome to the show, Rachel. We're really excited to have you on. Let's just um, bring Rachel on. Let's just bring Rachel on. We'll just get... Let's just... Yeah. <laughs> welcome, Rachel. Um, yeah, I mean, this was a, a fantastic game. I thought... You know, when I when I first saw that we were playing against uh, Seattle, I was really nervous because I was like, you know, this is a team that's been struggling the last couple of games. I think they're like they were like four or five and one or something in the last 10. And with the way that the Leafs have played against uh, worse competition, I'd say I was kind of nervous. <laughs> and after that first goal, they got a, they scored really early on with Vince Dunn. I was a little stressed out, but man, did they really hold down the fort in the in that first period? They bounce back really really quickly and who other than geo <laughs> to get that uh to get that goal absolutely and you know last time we went the Leafs one on the west coast road trip it we all remember how well that went oh yeah so for us to start off PTSD. the road trip this way for us to start off with a strong game against a team that is in the playoffs in the seattle kraken what a showing and it just makes me feel good going into this west coast road trip even though it ends with the devils and uh Right before the trade deadline, Whew, it's going to be an exciting <laughs> week. Rachel, what do you think uh, after a game like tonight? Do you think it makes the Leafs more or less concerned? Um, I feel like this is one of those games where it's hard to do an evaluation, right? Because one, this is not an opponent you're going to see unless you see them in the cup final. And uh, I think we all know what the odds of that are um, <laughs> on both sides. Um getting to the cup final is, is a really tough path. And, and so for me, I look at it and it's, it's not so much a measuring stick game, but what I would evaluate is I think it's super positive um, to see the bounce back that happens. So they give up one, like you guys talked about with Vince Dunn, but then immediately, but from that point on, Toronto was the better team for the rest mm-hmm. of the game. And so that tells me that Sheldon Keefe's got them in a spot where it's like, okay, even if they don't have the best starter, even if they give up one, they do have that ability ability to bounce back. And that hasn't necessarily always been the case in seasons past. And I think that is something that is, um, it's learned, but it's a really positive sign that this team clearly has the mental fortitude to say like, okay, yep, bit of adversity, not even an issue. We're going to be up 3-1 by the time this is all said and done. And we're going to head into first intermission. So I would take it from that perspective and just say, hey, like, boys, ability to bounce back that's that's really solid we really like that about this team that tells me that uh they're ready 
And even though they may not have quote unquote started on time, um, 90 ish percent of that game, they were the better team. And more often than not, you're going to win those games. Yeah, definitely. And it was nice to see Matthews, who was a little snake bitten, right? Uh, he hasn't scored in four, uh, four in his last four games, and he finally got two netted today. That was that was nice to see him finally get going. And again, he was reunited with Marner today, which is uh, which is fun. Um, O'Reilly uh, was paired with Nylander and and Tavares, and and they also looked good. But um, yeah, it's nice to see that our forwards are are. are again contributing and seeing Matthews get those two goals especially that first one you saw like it was a, a weight lifted off of him right so it's nice to see him him kind of uh getting back into the groove of things as well yeah and I think with Matthews um not only has he not been scoring like he hasn't been very good um <laughs> and I loathe to say that because obviously Austin Matthews is the best player on that hockey team um and he's just been off um I don't know if it's like the injury that maybe like, I don't think he came back early because I don't think the Leafs are, are barking up that tree. That would be extremely silly, but there is some rustiness associated with any type of injury where you have to miss time. And he did miss time. He missed three weeks of, of hockey, including that all-star break. And, and so um, to me, not even necessarily snake bitten, but like all in other areas of the game, he just hasn't been as sharp as he usually is. He hasn't been as sharp defensively. Hasn't been as sharp in terms of his ability to support the play in various areas of the ice. Um, I thought I was at the Minnesota game um, on Friday night and I thought he was much better. I thought he was supporting the puck in better areas. I thought his reads were a little bit better. I thought he was a little bit more engaged. And so to see him take that next step tonight, get back on the score sheet, I think it's, he's getting going in the right direction. And that's going to be extremely important for the Leafs as they head into the playoffs. Obviously you don't want him peaking now. I'd much rather him peaking in April and May. Um, But just to kind of get, the legs going and see things moving in a more positive direction for him, I think is, is something that is probably the biggest takeaway. For sure. And to your point, Rachel, you know, talking about how they've been able to bounce back when they go down early, you know, they did it the other day against the state, not the Sabres. They did it the other day against Minnesota. They go down one, nothing. And then they did it a couple of weeks ago again against the Habs. Right. And in seasons past, to your point, they would have just caved and let them just the goals just pile up against them. But it seems like they're if they do get scored against first, they're responding quickly. Within a couple of minutes, they're banking one in and usually getting another one fairly quick to follow up against that as well. And it it is it's reinforcing the fact that even if you let one in early, if you play messy in the first 10 minutes, you have another 15 minutes to recover. And it seemed like beforehand, you know, that 50 minutes, they were just throwing the towel in and saying, okay, well, you know, we have a game in a couple of days. We'll we'll think about it then. But instead, you know, they are bouncing back. And even though Matthews has been out or not playing as well as he could have for the last, for the better part of a month, let's just be real. The team has been winning in spite of that, right? They've, they've won almost every game in the last week. And uh, for him to get those two points tonight, those two goals tonight, when he hasn't gotten as many multi-goal games this season, it's got to feel good for him. And hopefully this is the time for him to be ramping up. And I don't think he's going to catch Conor McGregor in the goal column, but you know, if he can McDavid. get a little bit of, yeah, yeah, McDavid, sorry. <laughs> Same the UFC brain Same. going. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Woo! Um, I don't think he's going to catch McDavid in the goal column, but, you know, I think that if he can get a little a little bit of zhuzh back in his step and feeling good in that, in that column, then it's going to be great heading into the playoffs. 
Yeah, I think 40 is still attainable for him. Um, We're talking about a player that's capable of just scoring like eight goals in five games whenever he so chooses to do so. Um, But for me, I look at it and I say, if Austin Matthews finishes the season with 35 goals, but then scores 15 in the playoffs, uh, I think we're all going to probably just be happy with the 15 in the playoffs instead. Um, It's kind of one of those things, right? And so for me, like you said, you'd rather have him ramping up and feeling really good about his game going into the playoffs than him hitting some regular season milestone that really in the grand scheme of things does not matter because I've said this all along. If you're paid more than $8 million a year, I don't care what you do in the regular season. You had better show up come April. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. And it was good to see a lot of the other players um, apart from like the Matthews and the Marners and the Nylanders uh, playing well, right? We talked about Gio uh, or we briefly touched on Gio. He was also honored today, right? He was the first Seattle uh, captain, uh, played 55 games with them. And uh, you could see kind of the the impact that he had. Dave Haxtell, the uh, uh, the coach also mentioned he was a huge part of the culture that they're trying to build over there. And um, he was the one that, that, bounced back and 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 uh was able to to tie it up really early with uh or for the Leafs right and obviously we there's been a lot of talk about his uh him becoming the NHL all-time uh shot blocker right um so it was good to see him especially and just just leading by example right yeah like I think if you look at it there's been a pattern with Kyle Dubas right he Acquired Mark Giordano, who, I mean, this guy's a former Norris Trophy winner. So he's obviously a good defenseman. Like, let's be quite honest about that. Um, he has stepped up in big ways. He also re-signed for a contract that was, like, less than half of what he would have gotten on the open market. Um, then he goes out and acquires Nick Foligno. That obviously doesn't work out because Foligno has some injury issues, but there is still leadership associated there. Like, people who have been through adversity. Then you acquire Ryan O'Reilly. The guy's mm-hmm. won the hardest trophy in hockey, which is the con Smythe. Um, and so you look at it and, and I think there's almost like a pattern here where they're getting guys that like are not only leadership guys, but are also con- are contributing in legitimately positive ways. Like you can't just acquire a leadership guy and he doesn't bring anything to the team because then you, you don't have a, you don't have anything to fall back on because your, your word doesn't really carry anything at that point because you can't do what you're preaching. Whereas with Giordano and with O'Reilly, they absolutely can do what they're preaching and the one thing I will say about the shot, the block shots record is like, yes, congratulations to Mark Giordano. The thing is, is like, I've seen this firsthand. The NHL office officials, who are the people who count the block shots, um, they don't really pay attention like 90% of the time. <laughs> um, so like a block shot in one building is like not the same in another building. Like the New York yeah. Islanders today, like their office officials credited the Jets with like one shot in like the first 15 minutes of the game. And I personally <laughs> counted four. So it's super subjective. And I would warn that like Luke Shen, who is with the Canucks is only like a couple behind him. Um, But at the same time, like if you're in the neighborhood of that record, you have that record. You've obviously blocked like a ton of shots. He's blocked at least 2000 shots. Right. Mm -hmm. And that just shows like he's willing to do what it takes to win. Obviously you don't want to have to be blocking shots like all that often. Cause that means you're spending a lot of time in your own end. I think in Mark Giordano's case, it's because he's the trusted penalty killer. It's because he's consistently playing against the top competition for like the majority of his career. And when you're playing against that level of competition, especially when the Western Conference was the way it was for the past decade, you're playing a lot of really top end players and he's willing to wear those shots. And that just like, that speaks to when they talk about, um, you know, when teams throw around these attributes of like 
compete and will and truculence and all of this other nonsense that they, you can't actually <laughs> pick like your adjective pick your yeah. adjective pick your nonsense basically <laughs> um this is a trackable thing where it's like okay this guy has like stepped in front of two thousand shots in his career he is clearly will- willing to do what it takes to win and so for me like i'm not interested in hearing people wax poetic about like oh he's willing to take do what it takes to win and it's like okay well like did he does like what does he do like there's numbers that can account for that. And Mark Giordano is that guy. So congrats to him. And I actually thought he was really good tonight. I think he's been really good for Toronto pretty much this whole season. I totally agree. And for him to get the the game tie and goal tonight was huge for him. And then, you know, the Toronto defense tonight had a, had a great game in general. Lilligren getting a point on the first goal and then getting the sec- the third goal to put them up 3-1, the insurance marker. You know, G- Lilligren has turned out to be such a great player for us. And Sandine coming back from injury again and it being his first game back. And, you know, I know I know everybody's talking about who the Leafs are going to get on defense and if they should get a defenseman or if it should be, you know, a bottom six guy and the the argument carousel that happens daily on Twitter about who the Leafs should get. But, you know, playing that game t- tonight, not only did the Leafs chase the goalie out in, in Seattle, but they, they goalied Seattle. <laughs> they didn't just goalie him, but the whole team played collectively, defensively, very structured, very well. And for them to limit Seattle to just one goal tonight is just, you know, it's another it's another W in the win column for Samsonov, who hasn't been that great on the road, right? So it, I, you have to think that it feels good for them going up on this trip and coming up against Alberta this Wednesday, Thursday, right before the trade deadline is got to be quite the 48 hours to know you're coming up on. Yeah, and I think, isn't it nice to be able to, like, to sit here and be like, oh, instead of the Leafs getting goalied by like some dude in his Leafs first game or something, doing the goalieing, yeah, or like a Zamboni driver, or <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know, <laughs> some accountant from like KPMG, like, who yeah. knows, right? And so, I think like it's really nice that Samsonov clearly knows how to win at Scotiabank Arena. I almost said the ACC because that's what I call it still, um, <laughs> but. Finding that confidence on the road, I think Joseph Wolves is completely capable. Um, I am not sold on Matt Murray at all. Um, but for me, like I look at that and I go, okay, um, Calgary has not been fantastic of late. Um, they haven't been fantastic this season. Jacob Marstrom is a big part of that. Um, but then you look at it, you go, Edmonton, uh, Jack Campbell was horrendous the other night. Um, yeah. Like that was real tough to watch. And he's a great guy. So it's like, it's it's tough to see. Um, but the fact that like Connor McDavid had to have four or five points and they still lost is yeah. kind of wild. Um, what's interesting is like Edmonton, like the West is so wide open. It's like if anybody makes a single good acquisition, they'll be considered like a top end team. Like if Vegas would have acquired Timo Meyer, they might have been like, okay, they're going to make the cup final because like, <laughs> what? Right. Yeah. And if Edmonton gets like a proper, if Edmonton were to, make a trade with Arizona for Jacob Chikrin and Karel Vimelka, I'd be like, they're going to make the cup final because they have now a capable goalie. The bar is so low. Um, and they have a defenseman who can make a breakout pass. Once again, the bar is on the floor. <laughs> so like, I look at that and I, um, I'm sitting here and the Leafs are going in and it's like, those are two very winnable games. Like, and then you go to Vancouver and like, I don't, I'm not even going to go down that path, but like, <laughs> winnable games like you should be coming home with a minimum of seven points yeah 
I think, but um, one thing I did want to bring to attention was that second period was not the best for the Leafs, right? Um, we looked at the first period and they were fantastic. They outshot the 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 crack in twenty to seven, right? And in the second, at the end of the second, it was twenty four to twenty two. The Kraken really laid it out to us. And I think a lot of that had to do with just bad turnovers. I mean, Riley, there was a couple, I think it was like two that accounted, two or three, where he really should, uh, like he was getting pressured, but you can't be turning those 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 pucks over because against better competition, those are going to be dangerous chances. And and who knows? Like he, Samson had to step had to stand on his head tonight and and try to keep us in the game, right? Um, especially when they were again getting absolutely nailed in the dying seconds of that that second period right i think there was a, a line shift that was uh that was like two minutes two and a half, half minutes, minutes long yeah. yeah exactly it was huge and samson made some really key saves there but um yeah i think the turnovers just need to be dialed down a little bit and, and just play they, they need to be a, a little less sloppy in that well and the that- problem that you have is and this is like i'm sure both of you have seen me yelling and screaming about the nfl nhl playoff format like i hate it in case anybody doesn't know the problem you have is for teams like the rangers the devils the lightning the leafs the bruins the the canes like they all know they're in and they pretty much know their position especially Mm -hmm. in the atlantic none of these games are remotely meaningful so it's like the dial of give a crap is like not really there and and this is what happens when you don't have meaningful games like Morgan Riley doesn't make those plays in the playoffs he doesn't like we have guys that make plays all over the NHL like there are do you think that the players on Arizona make the plays that some of them do if they're in a playoff hunt? Like, there's no way. <laughs> and so, like, you look at this, and it's this is a product of the way the NHL is set up right now, which mm-hmm. is that these games are effectively meaningless. We're not even in March yet. And you have teams that are going to, like you say, these are bad habits, and bad habits are going to start to creep into these these games because teams have no idea. Like, I would be totally paranoid in the eastern conference of playing whatever teams are in the wild card because they're actually playing meaningful games right up until the end and you've been in coast mode ever since and like that that can be an issue i'm not saying they're gonna win a playoff series but i'm saying it might be a whole lot closer than people think it might be like i would not want to see buffalo in the playoffs that was that was in my preseason predictions of what I thought was going to happen. I said Florida wasn't going to make it and Buffalo was. And if that if the Leafs and Buffalo make it to the second round, it's going to be a terrifying bloodbath for Leafs fans because we've been punching down to them the last several years. And only this year have they really been able to come back. But you have to wonder if those bad habits that they've had against them for the last couple of years are going to creep back in. And to your point, Harnish, what you said the other day, what you said earlier about those bad habits creeping in and some of the bad pass choices being made, the Minnesota game, there was so many choices that were made, so many bad pass choices. And it was, it was actually kind of a tough game to do a game over against because I didn't have anybody to bounce the ideas off of because some of the, some of the times they got hemmed in the zone, it was like a 30% effort to try and get it out of their own zone to clear the puck. They were passing it with the weakest I have seen infants <laughs> with stronger backhand passes. I, yeah, like, like having been there live, I was sitting next to my podcast co-host and like 
I'm usually like I'm pretty stoic when I watch a game just because like I've seen it all in terms of like working for a team and there were a few times where he was like oh that was not good and I was like I'm sitting there going whoa 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 and and naturally like your coaching mind just like comes on and you're like don't do that like what are you (laughs) doing and then like in overtime I see Frederick Goudreau skating and I see Neil behind him I'm like oh my god move move uh, uh okay and then it's in the back of your net and it's one of those things where the nonchalance in the mm. Minnesota Toronto game was like palpable I, <laughs> it was palpable I, I wouldn't say it was like a waste of my time but like holy <laughs> moly like I've seen peewee players make harder passes <laughs> like get yeah. but and and the thing is is Tampa has mastered the turn it on yeah and mm-hmm. the Leafs are playing Tampa in the first round. And if the Leafs don't figure out how to do that, they can't afford to not be turned all the time at because that dial's got to be at 11 when they play Tampa or you are going to get run out of the building. Yeah. Yeah. And we're, we're, we're right in the uh, we're like neck and neck for, uh, for home ice advantage too. Right. It's like, we still are technically playing for something. We're still playing for home ice, which is a, a huge advantage at the end of the day. Right. And um, especially with yeah. how Samsonov was playing at home. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Good point. And, and yeah, it's it's just it's weird to see them just drop in points. Like we talked about that that loss. Uh, what was it to the Blackhawks um, as well? And then uh, there, there was another team, but they they're just losing these points that they they should be they they should be um, they should be taken away. And if if they if they're winning, if they end up winning these games that they should be, um, we wouldn't be in a situation where we're neck and neck against Tampa and we don't really know who's going to be getting home ice advantage, right? Um, and it just seems like it's just they're lacking that killer instinct. And it's it's tough because you know when you're playing against Tampa, Boston, like, it, they're going to have that killer instinct, right? And you, you got to be dialed in right away. You can't I, put the I mean, the gas. we don't need to even discuss boston's killer instinct like that's <laughs> yeah. they they shouldn't even be called the bruins they should be called like the boston killer instincts because <laughs> i mean the amount of killer instinct on that team uh that entire top line is like a joke at how good it is like it's ridiculous then yeah. you've got taylor hall and like just all manner of the back end now that's got three top pair defensemen in mcavoy lindholm and orlov you got a goalie who's like, you know what? I just, I'm just going to score a goal because my team <laughs> is not giving me an insurance marker. So I'm just also going to do it myself while also being the goalie. Um, just completely wild behavior. I love it. Like it's hilarious, but I mean, it's, you have to have that same killer instinct. Mm-hmm. It, it, you just have to. And do the Leafs have some players that have that instinct? Yes. Ryan O'Reilly, killer. Mark Giordano, same thing. Um, like you, you look at some of these guys and, and, and they've done it, you know, they can do it. Mitch Marner pretty much like he's a big game guy too, right? William Nylander. I, I don't, I don't even entertain conversations with people anymore that are like, William Nylander is not a playoff player. Cause I'm like, if you haven't paid attention, he's been their best playoff player for like two seasons straight. Yeah. He is a playoff killer. It's Matthews and Marner that sort of need to take another step. And I'm not saying they're not good in the playoffs. But for what they get paid, they need to be killers as well. And if they can get to that level, then I think you're starting to strike fear into the Tampas and the Bostons, right? The Leafs would strike fear in any Western Conference team right now because, like, they're the West is terrible. Um, 
but in the east there's a whole lot of killer instinct happening Mm -hmm. um and the Leafs need to figure out a way to perpetually be at that level yeah and it looks like it's getting worse and worse as well right I mean the east is just loading up on these players um just earlier today I mean we saw New Jersey got Timo Meyer, Boston uh, you mentioned Orlov as well uh the Rangers are are looking like they're gonna be they're they're itching for that patty cane exactly and now Tampa (laughs) Tampa's look like they're interested in Tanner as well and it's it's really like, do you think that what the Leafs have right now is enough to to take on not only like Tampa, but you're going to be worn out after that Tampa series as well and then have to hit up Boston next and whatnot? Do you think this we have enough in our in our roster right now to be OK taking on these these killers? I don't think it matters um, because I think Boston's going to run through everybody <laughs> unless here's the caveat, though. Allmark has never played this much and had to play in the playoffs. There is a chance he hits a wall. And if he does, there is nothing Boston can do about it. I'm not saying that is going to happen. I'm saying you need to account for that being a possibility. Um, The other thing is, is Tampa has now had three extremely long seasons, like the Mm -hmm. longest of the long. And I mean, we've heard players talk about the fact that it is taking a toll on them eventually it catches up to you. I'm not saying it's going to happen this year because Andre Vasilevsky can just like basically do whatever he wants, whenever he wants. Um, so you just never know. But to me, um, there need, there's probably a piece or two still. Um, not big, but like, honestly, I, I'm not really, I was not opposed to trading Matthew Nyes for Timo Meyer in the same way that oh. I wouldn't be opposed to trading Matthew Nyes for Jacob Chuklin. Like, mm-hmm. I I think that look at what Boston just did with Orlov. If you are going to be all in, and I'm not even saying Toronto should be all in this year because I think Boston is just so far ahead. I think you wait until next year where I do think Tampa is going to take a step back. Boston is definitely going to take a step back. That's the, I look at next year as kind of like the year where the Leafs have to say, okay, chips. And if that means resigning Ryan O'Reilly to whatever, that means getting Michael Bunting. Like, there's going to have to be some gymnastics, but that's what Brandon Pridham's for. Um, I just don't think this is the year to go all in. Having said that, if you can get Jacob Chicken because he is available now, I think that is an avenue you need to explore because that's more of a longer-term solution. Do you think at this point, without making a trade, that the Leafs... Well, there's one chat. There's one question in the chat. Do you think the Leafs can go deep in the league this year in the playoffs? But I want to put an asterisk on that. Do you think that they go deep in the playoffs? And do you think that you go deeper if they make a trade to not have Justin Hall start in the top 6D? Okay, so no. Unfortunately, I don't think they go deep in the playoffs. And it is because of that lovely playoff format that we have. Um, it just is what it is. Um, Tampa, uh, Tampa has the best goalie, uh, in the Eastern Conference outside of maybe Igor Shosturkin. Um, Ilya Sorokin is creeping into that conversation, but until you prove it to me in the playoffs, I'm just, I, I don't buy it. Um, and so for me, like, that's going to be an issue. Um, I actually think that Toronto's defense is fine. Um, if they bolster it, it should be either with a Chikrin, but you're going to have to give up assets. I really like Luke Shen as an option. Do not even mention Gavrikov to me. Um, absolutely not. No, thank you. No, I'm um, on that train too. I don't want Gavrikov. 
Yeah, I think Noel Achari is a solid addition. Um, if you can, I personally would look at swapping Pierre Engvall for somebody like Sam Lafferty or Max Domi even, although I'm not sure mm. he quite fits. Um, I do think Max Domi is the type of play- player, though, that maybe turns it up a notch if he's in Toronto just because. Um, but I just – I don't think the Leafs can go deep in the playoffs this year, and it's not because of the Leafs. It's because of how obscene Boston is and just how the format is. Like, if the Leafs get out of the first round, your reward is the best team in the league. <laughs> like, that's – it's Yay. it's hard to draw – like, it's just, it's just hard <laughs> to draw it up that way. And, like, I, I do believe, though, that if Toronto's going to get over the hump, they're going to need to slay that Bruins dragon. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's, like, next year, let's say Boston takes a step back, maybe Toronto wins the division. I still think Boston in the playoffs is a different dragon. And for the Leafs to get over that hump truly from a mental perspective, they're going to need to slay that dragon. In the same way that Chicago had, or Vancouver had to slay the Chicago dragon to get to the cup final. Same way Washington had to beat Pittsburgh, right? Exactly. Yeah. All those demons exist. And and I think that I think and poor right. Steve, he he needs the demon slayed just for his own like personal well-being. Oh, <laughs> Hi, Steve. You would think that he would have caught them by now, considering they literally live under his bed at this point. <laughs> Steve is the actual demon. <laughs> it's hat guy. Hat guy is the reason. Hat guy's the demon. That's it. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be tough, though. But I I don't know. I feel like I love the storytelling endings. I love seeing, like, the storyline of, of like, the underdog, you know, the, the Rocky movies. So I'm looking at this yeah. season. I'm like, all right, Tampa, they had our number last year. We, we could have and we should have beat them. Boston, there's, yeah. such, like, the history. We don't need to really talk about. There's so much history there. And just being able to to knock those two off this year, get the cup. Ooh. It would be so poetic. Exactly. Would it, it would. It, I honestly, I'm, I'm concerned as somebody who, at least, cur- like, for the moment, lives in Toronto. I'd actually be concerned about what would happen if the Leafs won the cup. Because, like, I'm not even convinced <laughs> that like our road structure is good enough that it like the city wouldn't just break off at Bloor and just like yeah. fall into the lake. Yeah. Like <laughs> everything that's actually a landfill below Esplanade is just going to. Like it's if if the city would actually like shut down, it would nobody would work for a week. Like you saw when when Italy won the Euro in like two summers or yeah two summers ago. Yeah, like I lived in Little Italy and like I I couldn't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. People were horn honking for six days. Yeah. And if the Leafs were to win, and I make let's make no mistake, I don't think they're winning the cup this year. I'd be shocked if they got out of the first round, frankly. Um, I don't know that the city is prepared <laughs> for the the city can't even manage like <laughs> homeless people right now. God bless those people, but like they couldn't manage planning a whole parade. Like, look what happened with the Raptors parade; mm-hmm. it was ridiculous. So, like, to me, I look at that and I'm like, this is a a whole mess. Um, And it's a good thing that they're going to get a couple more years to plan because they're going (laughs) to. Wow. Just just don't be gentle or anything. eh? Just 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 turn the knife on. eh? (laughs) Work it right in there. All with a smile on my face, too. Absolutely. (laughs) 
Well, even even though you don't think that we're good, I hope they prove you wrong. <laughs> I also hope they do because it is better for I, I literally made a TikTok yesterday about the Arizona Coyotes and like I have 17 million people yelling at me. But like here's the thing that people don't get when the Leafs and Montreal and Boston and the Rangers and Chicago are in the playoffs and doing well, it is good for the National Hockey League because that means there's more money because I hate to break it to the rest of the fan bases, but you don't bring in as much money as those teams. You this do pays not. your bills. Be nice. It, it is pays your the bills. Arizona this Coyotes too exist <laughs> because of the five teams I just yes. named. They literally exist. I've seen yeah. the math. Like, yeah. so to me, I look at this and this whole thing of like, oh, the, the league is rigged for the Leafs. Do you think that they may have won a playoff series by now if it was rigged for the Leafs? Like, come on. But <laughs> yeah. the reality of the situation is. Everybody who is a fan of hockey should want these teams to do well at points because it's good for the health of the rest of the league. Like the TV deal money that's being lost in Bally Sports and now with Warner Brothers is going to be a huge thing. How do you get that up? Hmm, I don't know, maybe some $25 beers at the Scotiabank Arena, some $22 beers at the Bell Center, uh, some $300 jerseys. Like this is how it works. And so, like, Sportsnet would love if the Leafs made it through to the second round because of the $5.1 billion deal that they have. But at the end of the day, like, whether people like to admit it or not, it is good for the league from a financial perspective if the big teams and the money-making teams are in there because that means more revenue sharing. And if they need money so badly, maybe what they could do is instead of having the practice worn warm-up jerseys auctioned off for sale maybe things like the pride jerseys or the black history month jerseys or the indigenous (laughs) celebration jerseys maybe you make it so that everybody can buy those and not just 32 people well like the canucks and this is a bone of contention but like the canucks actually sell like their lunar new year jersey and i'm like and the pride jersey and whatever and good on them why is it being sold for $750? Who yeah. is paying for that? Like Idiots make, like me. Make the jersey available for purchase so yeah. that fans who fit into those communities yeah. feel like they have something. Like mm-hmm. I have so many friends that would buy a Pride jersey or a Lunar New Year jersey. Like I'm half Asian. I would absolutely buy a Lunar New Year jersey for my Chinese grandmother. Like 100%. But the thing is, is I'm not paying $750 for that. Yeah. Make mm-hmm. it the same damn price as every other jersey or even better yet, make it cheaper and make it accessible. Get some t-shirts, get some Since hoodies, get some hats. Like, Since it's supposed to be inclusive, you're making it an exclusive thing. Yeah. Like, I honestly, I don't ever want to hear hockey is for everyone again. I have lived experiences that like, I don't even, I don't even care to discuss. And like what I see from people in the LGBTQ plus community, people of color, the indigenous people, I'm like, yeah, I'm done with this. Like you either are an ally or you aren't and you don't get to claim you are one if you're not doing things that make you an ally. Amen. That's how I feel about that. (laughs) Amen. And you know, I'm sorry that I got you all wound up at the end of our stream here. My goodness. <laughs> I didn't know you felt so passionately about it. Otherwise, I would have brought it up earlier. But I'm I glad feel passionately. About I'm glad you're on the right side of history with this. Yes. I'm glad you're on the right side of history. 
<laughs> we need to make it more inclusive. And you've done a lot of you've done a lot of work in in what you've done with the with hockey, not just in men's hockey, but with women's hockey. Working with Nipissing Lake, the Nipissing Lakers. You know, you've you've gotten teams to consider mental health programs, and you've done so much for the game. And hopefully, we can continue to elevate voices like yours to help make hockey better for everybody. And uh, and if we had more people in hockey like you, maybe our sport would be evolving a teensy bit quicker. But all we can do is continue to promote people like like yourself, people that are good for the sport, people that want the best for not only the sport that we all love, but for the people that love it as well. So thank you for coming on tonight, Rachel. It was wonderful having you. And hopefully when the Leafs prove you wrong and get into the third round, we can have you back on. Wouldn't that be lovely? I will be more than happy to come on and start the show saying I was wrong. I already had to do that a game <laughs> over Montreal when I accidentally was responsible for injuring Cole Caulfield. Um, so yeah, honestly, if the Leafs are wrong, I, that's great for every restaurant in downtown. Or if I'm wrong about the Leafs, it's great for every restaurant in downtown Toronto. It's great for all the small businesses, in which case I'm happy because that's good for the economy. And we all love that. But also like, I don't know. Be realistic. I mean, let's, yeah, let's be realistic. It's also and, good and, for all Leafs fans' hearts, too. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's good for Dangle specifically, and we all love Steve. So let's let's pray for Steve. Um, but yeah, thanks for having me on, um, Harnish and Lauren. I really appreciate it. Um, love your guys' show. You guys do a fantastic job. So um, happy to be a part of it. And I mean, I'd be lying if I didn't say I grew up cheering for this team. I've lost a lot of my fandom now for reasons that are obviously very public. Um, but if I'm going to find my fandom in hockey again, it, it's probably going to be this team that helps me figure out how to do that. So thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Happy to have you, like I said, and, and, and if, and if any, if it's anybody that's going to make you feel anything about the Leafs, it might be that you make, they make you feel angry before I'm happy. <laughs> but like I said, let's hope they prove us all wrong and that they get to the Stanley Cup final. Cause wouldn't that be magical for everybody? So, uh, thank you for coming everybody tonight. Thank you for watching on this late Sunday evening. I hope you have a fantastic week. It'll be a busy one with the trade center com trade deadline coming up. We are going to be back Wednesday and Thursday in, well, watching the Alberta games and trade deadline will be Friday. SLPN will have a thing on Friday. The Steve Dangle podcast will have a thing on Friday and everybody's going to have a busy week. So make sure you stay tuned. Make sure you watch game over. Thank you all for watching. Make sure you hit like and subscribe before you sign out. And uh, thank you for coming on, Rachel. For Game Over Toronto, I am Lauren Williamson. You can find me on Twitter at Lauren in the Six. Harnish, go. I'm Harnish Patel. You can find me Harnish underscore Patel 98 on Twitter. And Rachel, close it off for us. I'm Rachel Dory, and you can find me at Twitter, um, Rachel Dory, or on TikTok at PuckBucks. And on love the Staffing Rec podcast. <laughs> love it. Love it. We'll make sure to check that out. Have a great night, everybody. Take care. Game Over Toronto. Leafs win 5 1 against Seattle. Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.